When I started in 1996, we, if someone, we went out on patrol and someone got a gun and a Crown Royal bag with some weed and some money or some crack or whatever, I was like, oh, you got a gun. Now, everybody has a gun. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 612, six people shot following that massive celebration of the Juneteenth holiday in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, what's going on with our children? Milwaukee Police Chief Jeffrey Norman in a news conference. We had the details just moments ago in the top of the hour news. All the six injured teenagers, ranging in age from 14 to 19. And according to witnesses, the shooting stemming from a fight that began among a couple of girls. The shooter, Eric, am I right on this? The 17-year-old boy. Right, that's... And they, there's still some other suspects they're looking for, but they believe the shooter was the 17-year-old. Yeah. And also a victim of the shooting as well, mm-hmm. or was himself shot. A couple of things I want to pull out of this. Uh, here's Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson. If you are an adult or a young person who's got your hands on a gun and you are ill-tempered, right, don't come to stuff like this. Don't come. Get the help that you need. And we are more than willing to help you to make the connections that you need to get the help that you need. Um, but... If you're going to fire a weapon off, if you are intent on causing death or harm or destruction, then do not come because you do not have the right. You don't have the right to steal the joy that this community felt today. So you guys teased me last week for working on my my week off. But Mm -hmm. I moderated a forum, among the other things that I did for Milwaukee Press Club, that was about violent crime in Milwaukee. One of my takeaways from that event and representing the Milwaukee Police Department was Assistant Chief Nicole Waldner. Teens fighting, beefing, getting into stuff, that's not new. Of course, social media is definitely feeding that fire in a way that we didn't have growing up. But young people fight. And the difference, according to Assistant Chief Waldner, is everybody is armed. Parents, know where your guns are. The amount of guns on the street is shameful. Like... When I started in 1996, we, if someone, we went out on patrol and someone got a gun and a Crown Royal bag with some weed and some money or some crack or whatever, I was like, oh, you got a gun. Now, everybody has a gun. So not to enter the debate of gun control or whatever, just a fact that Milwaukee police, and she's not the first MPD representative or officer that I've spoken to who says, yeah, everybody's got a gun. So I mean, what naturally happens? Right? If you're in a fight, you're armed, he's armed, people start shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. So if everybody's got a gun, that's why these things escalate. What will work? Solutions. I did think this was interesting. I pulled this out of Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Milwaukee activist Vaughn Mays was at Rose Park when shots rang out. He said his team, Comforce MKE, which engages in violence interruption, specifically targeted the area surrounding that park because of a shooting and fights last year following the Juneteenth celebration. Uh, here's what Mays said said he was incensed that there would be violence on the Juneteenth holiday and said that prior to shots ringing out Monday, quote, we had been breaking up fights for maybe an hour, an hour and a half. So I guess if you look at what's the solution besides gun control, besides more cops, whatever, it's regardless of what you may or may not think of Vaughn Mays, community activists getting out there trying to break up these beefs before they escalate into gunfire. At least maybe there's something there. Milwaukee. What's going on with our children? 615 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 
Lorencia Bembenic, where do you want to start the story? Let's start at the end. She died more than 10 years ago now. She's just 52 years old. Actually, Mike Jacobs over at TMJ4 News, um, probably one of the last interviews with her, certainly the last person that I personally that know right? that, that talked with her. That doesn't that surprise was, me. Jake, and that was around that. right all the stuff with Dr. Phil. Remember, she was going to be on Dr. Phil's show, and then she didn't want to be. And it was just a bizarre end to her life. And if you're like my age or hmm. older, you probably remember the front end of the story. Branded a Playboy bunny because she was once a waitress briefly at the then Playboy Club in Lake Geneva, but she wore that brand always, and it helped sensationalize the story. She became a Milwaukee police officer. She was a kill, accused of killing her new husband's ex-wife, went to trial, convicted, sent it to Cheetah Prison in Fond du Lac County. She escaped, was captured later in Canada, later pleaded guilty to a reduced charge of second-degree murder, which allowed her to be immediately released from prison for time served back in 1992, always maintained her innocence, and we're talking about this this morning because Milwaukee Repertory Theater is looking ahead to the world premiere of a production that began in sort of at the idea stage here at the Rep. It's called Run Bambi Run. It's a musical about Lori Bembenek. There's a sale on tickets today. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But first, my interview with the Rep's executive director, Chad Bauman. Bambi will be innocent or guilty. If you said to me, Lorencia Bambenic, the musical, Run Bambi Run, I wouldn't know if it was a joke or if you were serious. You are absolutely serious. Absolutely serious. It doesn't seem like the most logical pairing, but when you take a look at the craziness of the story and you pair it with a great Milwaukee band, you know, the Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes, it actually makes a great pairing. Talking with Chad Bauman, he is the executive director of Milwaukee Repertory Theater. The show is called Run Bambi Run. It will be a world premiere on stage here in Milwaukee in September. So you mentioned Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes. This is a rock musical. So uh, this is in Oklahoma. No, this is not Oklahoma. And yet, I think everybody that enjoys musical theater will also enjoy this show. But it also, you know, has got a rock, a rock uh, music to it. Bambi, creepy. So what is the story that you tell, Chad? Because so many of us are familiar with Lorenzi Bambenic's story, but there are a lot of different places that you could start. There are a lot of different stories within stories that you could tell. What is the book? Yeah, I didn't know anything about Lorenzi's story when I first moved to Milwaukee, but it is stranger than fiction, and there's a lot of uh, loopholes you can go down, a lot of rabbit holes you can go down, and we explore quite a few of them. And the big question that we get often is, you know, do we do we frame it as is she guilty or innocent? And we don't answer that question. In terms of the sensitivity, how do you approach that? Because Lori Bembenek was a, a real person. She has family and friends still here in the Milwaukee area. I know you want to be sensitive to those folks, but also still tell this story. Yeah, I mean, our job is to tell the story as truthfully and uh, respectfully as we possibly can. And yet it is a stranger than fiction story. And so we have done, uh, and by we, I mean the writer, Eric Simonson, who's an Academy Award winner, who's done a lot of great work diving into uh, Lori's story and is going to told, be told quite faithfully. Hey! 
Talking with Chad Bauman, executive director of Milwaukee Repertory Theater. Run, Bambi, Run, the musical will have its world premiere here in Milwaukee in September. How important is it for you here as our local theater company to be producing new work, Chad? It's incredibly important. I mean, everything that you see uh, on our stages is, is, you know, to the betterment of the field. And we have to tell local stories and new stories in order to keep it fresh. You know, every story, including Hamlet, you know, by Shakespeare, was a new play. And so if we don't have new plays, then we don't have stories to tell. Innocence or guilty. World premiere of Run Bambi Run September 13th in Milwaukee. Today, only 25% off tickets beginning at 7 a.m. online at milwaukeerep.com or in person and over the phone at the box office starting at 9 a.m. today. A flap over geese in McQuanago this morning. It's a piece of Phantom Lake in the village of McQuanago that apparently there's like a little strip of beach there. People like to hang out on the beach and swim, and it's overrun with geese. It's certainly not unique in that capacity, right? A lot, <laughs> a of, lot of places overrun with those things. Right? South Shore Beach is another one uh, right on Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. right, if you like that, that area. But uh, this is happening in village of McQuanago. It's overrun with geese outside of being smelly and gross. can also be a public health concern because the droppings can contain E. coli. That's right. one of the reasons that South Shore Beach is closed so often, because the water quality is very poor, because of the, the droppings. And if the waves don't take it out enough and stir that up and dilute it, mm-hmm. it's just it's a cesspool. It can affect water quality for sure. Certainly don't want to be stepping in it. So the village has plans to eliminate the geese. In other words, they'll be rounded up and euthanized. Uh, That's supposed to happen later this month or early next. There have been programs like this in the past. In some cases, I recall, locally, the geese would be slaughtered with the intent to donate the meat to pantries. They still do that? That's a thing? I I don't know, and I don't know if that's the case here. I just know that that has happened before. So as a way to say, okay, yes, we're... We know we're killing the birds, but some good will come out of that outside of just ridding the birds of the public nuisance that they are. Well, there's a Save the Geese movement that is clogging village officials' emails, and some of it appears to be because of their own antagonistic responses. So email from the National Goose Protection Coalition with the headline. You got this email too, E, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here's the headline. Wisconsin Village Trustees send bloody images and offensive emails to geese mercy advocates. So they want to save the geese. They apparently would rather have children swimming and walking around in sandy feces rather than to control the goose population. But that's not even the point of the story. <laughs> There's this the real beef, or should I say poultry. They sent screen grabs of communications purportedly from a couple of village trustees. One refers to the geese as flying rats and includes the quote, Look forward to the day when every dirty goose is gone from our village. <laughs> All right. Another appears to be in response to people who've been sending notices concerned about the geese. And one of the trustees, according to this, simply responded by sending photos of hunters and a bunch of dead geese. Yeah, like lined them up and <laughs> right. took a picture. It's a guy posing with his kill. He's got a couple of geese, one in each hand, big old smile. Then another showing about two dozen or so dead geese all lined up. And this was apparently in response to that email. So Stick it to him! That probably didn't help the cause there. 
Fox six did the story and they interviewed like the village administrator there. And he said, the trustees are getting thousands of emails each now. So this is in response to that. Like, look here, have a picture of a dead bird. Oh yeah. Right. Eric emails me and says, yeah, I'm really concerned about the birds. And this is what I send them back. Oh yeah. Hey, like these birds like that birds like that buddy i got a bird picture for you oh boy so that didn't help the cause apparently and now according to the fox six report these guys are flooded with like have their inboxes they can't find out if the guy down the street is having trouble with his garbage pickup because his inbox is flooded with emails from around the country this happens from time to time not just with birds but like also other animal protection sites like wolves we'll get emails about wolves and protection of wolves from time to time from across Right. Across the country. And when they mobilize the cause. Yeah, yeah, then they all go. This oh, yeah. is what happens. So a little bit of their own making there in McGuanago. Six fifty two this Tuesday morning on Wisconsin's morning news, checking in with two time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Lori Nickel and Saw Lori last week, Eric, at the uh, Myers Leonard event oh, that I yeah. did at the uh, JCC. Excellent. Lori, I keep waiting for your article though because I want your takeaways. Are are you putting something together, or what? What you know? What are your thoughts coming out of that evening? Yeah, that is not something we wanted to turn around in a, a twelve-hour period because there was so much there to unpack. So the story is in. It's just it's probably going to run today or sometime this week. Um, there's so much sensitive material there too. We have to be sure what words we can use, which is interesting <laughs> because that's the whole point of this meeting with Myers Leonard and I'm curious further of what you have to say as well that you know he's apologized for two years it's it's even Mark Shapiro the president of the Jewish Community Center said it's it's time like we accept your forgiveness you know for the most everybody believes his apology I wanted to look at where do we take this next? And for me, it was the first time I have ever gotten to talk to somebody who went through cancel culture. Um, Myers Leonard is the basketball player with the Bucks who used an anti-Semitic slur while he was playing a video game online. This was two years ago, and he's been apologizing ever since, but it hasn't been, to, been enough. Um, immediately after, and for some time, he faced death threats. His wife faced um, threats online as well, some of which are so brutal. I won't repeat them here. And this put him in a state of severe depression. He was already dealing with anxiety and social anxiety, things that he wasn't sure that he had until he went to therapy. Um, but this put him in you know, a point in his life where he was suicidal. And that's pretty extreme, going from saying something that you regret and that you're not, he wasn't even sure, you know, it was harmful, um, that it wasn't just slang, that it was an actual hurtful term, to being suicidal over it. And I wanted to know how he dealt with that. And this has been, in some way, how he's dealt with it, to keep apologizing. But it brought up for me, and I don't, I would love to hear what you thought, but it brought up for me a lot of other questions. Can we accept somebody taking accountability and responsibility and apologize for that. Can we get rid of this cancel culture thing? You know, no athlete that I can ever think of, and Mark Shapiro said the same thing, has ever made these steps of apologizing and working with the Jewish community in various cities all across the country for two years. Like, 
we've never seen so many, you know, areas of trying to apologize. Can we accept someone's effort um, rather than looking for their, you know, perfection? And also, can we accept that this is going to happen in sports? There is no such thing anymore as just keep it to sports. Sports is going to be the forefront of social issues for the for whatever we are dealing with as a society because we have such a great collection of people on team from different backgrounds all over the country and obviously so much diversity. Can we accept that there's an opportunity here for all of us to learn something? To me, that, that meeting with Myers-Leonard was an opportunity for us more than it was for Myers to kind of learn what he went through to understand the cancel culture that exists online, to understand that there's a no tolerance (laughs) um, type of feel right now in our society. It's like you have to be perfect or you're out. And that just doesn't make sense, especially to somebody who's Myers Leonard is not only trying to apologize, but he's trying to learn and and develop and advance the conversation. Well, and my so other takeaway on that, Lori, was that. Uh, in talking with people, they were asking me, you know, like, well, what was that like? And and I got the question of like, how long does he have to keep apologizing? And I think you hit it on, uh, on out front is, uh, in terms of the Jewish community, they're they've they've moved on, and no one person speaks for an entire community. But that's what I heard that night from Jews that I know who were there in the audiences. Okay. You apologized. You've atoned. We're past this. The next step for Myers Leonard is where else does he want to continue his activism? And it does sound like he wants to do that. But there is cleaning up the language in locker rooms and clubhouses. There's cleaning up the language in online platforms where he said it's an absolute sewer of terrible speech and things like that. I've got a kid who's a gamer who likes to watch these things. I would be appalled if I ever went down in, in his lair where he's down there watching this stuff, and I heard the kind of language that, that was spoken. So there are next steps for Myers Leonard if he wants to continue his advocacy. And I like that you said that, too, if he wants to continue, because that's what I asked Mark Shapiro you know, and others. What if Myers just wants to apologize and move on? And that, that has to be okay, too. But he wants to keep pursuing this. And being an ally means something. That means now if he hears something in the locker room, he's going to say something. And that's the progress of moving forward. If he had hurt himself two years ago, we wouldn't have Myers Leonard as an ally right now. And that's the big takeaway from this for me. Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Look for that piece dropping soon on JS Online. Thanks, Lori. Great to catch up with you. Thank you so much. Take care.